Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions. I'm one of your hosts, Liz, and joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. Hi, I'm Cassie. And I'm Fran Stewart. All right, so hey, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome, and thanks for listening. Uh, our deal here is that we are a uh, queer tabletop gaming podcast. We talk about tabletop stuff, queer stuff, intersections of both. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I hope so. So I have a good time. <laughs> what I wanted to start talking about tonight... Um, so Cassie and Fran got to do something that I'm, I, I will be honest, I'm <laughs> very jealous. Um, yeah. Why don't, why don't you guys, why don't you all tell us what, uh, what you got up to the other day? Well, okay. So, um, we live in the Seattle area and, um, as some of you may know, Wizards of the Coast, the people who put out both, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Magic have their headquarters in our general area. Um, well, last year, Fran and I, through another friend, got invite, started getting invited to um, their friends and family D&D event. Every few months or whenever they release a new product for D&D, generally a book, they, they hold one of these things. And we go, we play through a, base, a module that has something to do with the book. Sometimes it's actually in it. Sometimes it's just based around the, the setting. And we get a free copy of the book. Um, yep. And it's a tremendous amount of fun, and we've made some really nice friends doing it as well. Oh, I have as well. <laughs> um, so last Friday, um, Ghosts of Saltmarsh released uh, the new D&D um, campaign book. Um, well, it's kind of a campaign book. And uh, so we played a very uh, chapters of the uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Mm-hmm. Yep. My... Uh... And uh, I'll I'll share that my wife got to um, actually I should Google very quickly. <laughs> um, my wife got to um, use the uh, galleon from uh, Tabletop Things Company. Oh. Uh, they make they make these wonderful uh, laser cut uh, ship models. Um, so basically, it's uh, laser cut wood with uh, rare earth magnets to hold it together. And uh, it's a five-decker uh, galleon with inch marks laid out on it so that you can play directly to the grid and everything. And it was fantastic fun for this. It looks um, tremendous. I mean, I wasn't in their group. We just had a map, but that was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, they have, they have several versions of it, and uh, they're just really, really wonderfully well-designed. I saw that on Twitter. That looks absolutely amazing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, a lot of money but if you're going to do a big nautical campaign well worth it yeah so i just want to share something that i i had a conversation with um fran's wife sarah uh before we started and <laughs> she was saying you know i'm i was in the all day group i was in the group that's supposed to go from one to eight and she was saying how do you guys there's there's not enough stuff in this module to go for that long what is your d I'm going to do and so we finish at 730 we come out for the uh, they have a they have a raffle thing every few hours where they raffle they don't it's not raffle mm-hmm. they uh, draw stuff they draw um, numbers and you can win something so they, they she came up to me at uh, 815 when they were supposed to be doing the thing and I said so uh, she said did you guys finish I said yeah we 
finished half an hour ago. And she said, oh, wow, they're still in the big fight. And I said, what <laughs> happened to not having enough stuff to last the whole day? And she said, well, I didn't know I'd have these jokers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were a bunch of wackaroons. It was a really wild party. We had... Um, we had a sorcerer, and I was playing a cleric, and there was a rogue, and then there were basically three barbarians, <laughs> and almost everybody in the group, other than uh, other than me and the rogue, and uh, uh, Sebastian was playing a bard. That's right, but everybody else is playing some Sebastian, kind of giant. Sebastian character. is the fifteen-year-old son of one of our friends, so that's yeah. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry. Do, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you all read um, PvP? Very uh, every so often. There's there's a new there's a new uh, one out. It, it made me think of that. It's um, <laughs> if you essentially build an orc barbarian as a high school quarterback, uh. and then <laughs> let them loose in a tavern. But I'm I'm sorry, I digress. No. Yeah, it's no a... that 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 was actually a very very apt description of what the game was like. So yeah, we had um, three rogues. A uh, druid, th two clerics, and a fighter, I think. But they were specialized clerics. So uh, one was a storm, uh, I don't know, had something to do with a storm, cleric of the storm, or something like that. It was very, very nautical. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah, the, reason he, we, he yeah, is. the reason that we went so fast is why I specifically wanted to be in the group, asked to be in the group I was in. It's the same basic group that has played at various friends and families over the past year. So we play, we've we played together before, and so it went a little smooth, more smoothly. Mm. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, I threw the DM a bunch of uh, loops because um, I was a criminal, uh, a rogue criminal. So I had a, a, a criminal contact as part of mm. my background. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> You know, there's a black market guy in this town that I, I happen to know the head of the black market, so we could go to him and uh, spend, <laughs> I renegotiated all the deals, which Sarah said, you're not mm -hmm. supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wound up with a crap ton of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you literally be gay and do crimes? Um, much. I didn't really have much of a chance to be gay. Yeah. Um, and the only crime I had was taking these people to the cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i mean it was a lot of fun um and uh so we just really enjoy doing it with without i'm trying to say the way without being too spoilery what's um what's the rundown on ghost of salt marsh well we only did one chapter um but basically it's nautical adventures in um the i guess the southern Ray coast Hulk. no yeah. No, it's oh, Faerun. Yeah, it's oh, Faerun. it's Faerun. You're right. Yeah, it's it's the southern coast. It's way, way, way south of um, of um, Waterdeep. Um, I haven't. I I am I am not. I'm being good, and I'm not reading the rest of the book. So <laughs> that's that's interesting because Saltmarsh is supposed to be in Greyhawk. I no, it is Greyhawk. Yeah, it is Greyhawk. Oh, yeah, we were, it's Greyhawk. We were, we were told we were in Faerun. I think that must have been just Justin's. Yeah, he may just have been. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. Saltmarsh is mm -hmm. in Greyhawk. Huh. 
Okay, friend, you you should speak about this then. Oh no, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's basically um, uh, you you roll into this town and they're looking for heroes. Uh, this uh, elderly merchant um, whose family seems to have sort of fallen on hard times um, has a ship out that's missing, and uh, he hires you to go, uh, Sarah's. My my wife, who ran the game, is sitting here waving at me, going, "No, no, no! You've got everything completely upside down." But but the the impression yeah. I got from the way she ran it um, was Sarah let Fran alone. <laughs> Cassie says, "Leave me alone." Um, so so yeah, basically, uh, he says, "So uh, my ship's been reported lost. I, I there's some valuables on there that I really need back. If you can get the ship back, that would be lovely. But uh, really, I just need this one thing. And so you go out onto the seas in search of adventure and plunder and treasure and uh, and uh, adventure ye find. Arr. Well, and so. I'll I'll just know." that the thing with uh, the the staff with specifically the, the merchant is one chapter again mm -hmm. in the yeah. book. So there are other chapters which presumably have other hooks and things like mm -hmm. that. This sounds this sounds really neat. I we're doing Star Trek right now, so my book mm -hmm. <clears throat> my book money is a lot of, is allotted to getting some of the splats for that. Mm -hmm. I may have to think about this one so what's what's it like gaming at uh at wizards is it you know i mean i at the first time i was really feeling kind of um intimidated but there is nothing there to intimidate you um yeah. i i found it to be incredible i mean the fir okay the first time i gamed it was before i was not before I was out to Fran, but before I was out to most of our friends and most people. So I was in boy mode. The second time I gamed, I emailed the, an organizer and said, so here's what's going on. And he was like, of course, you're Cassie. It's all good. So, and I've never had an issue at all. So I've been very, very happy about that. Yeah, it was it was kind of sweet actually. You you were really nervous the first time, like I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able. And you know, you showed up and you looked totally cute. And Justin was like, Cassie, right? Yeah, okay, all right. Well, you're in my group, and and um and yeah, people. What's what's lovely is they're the kind of folks that make mistakes, catch them, and go sorry, and then move on. Which yeah. you know is I did cool. I I did get one he she, but mm -hmm. that was it. That was yeah it. exactly. Um, and yep. so, I mean, what can I say other than that? Well, I was briefly in their old headquarters before they moved uh, to the ones they're in now. Mm -hmm. And their old headquarters had all kinds of statues, you know, dragons yeah. and whatnot. Uh, I do not know where they're keeping those now. I suspect they're not on the first level. We are only allowed mm -hmm. to go on the first mm -hmm. level. We can't, we can't go upstairs mm -hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. But the so, downstairs is impressive enough. I mean, it's wonderful to walk in and see conference rooms. You know, the, the dining hall area is named Dominaria, and yep. they have conference rooms, you know, the Vault of Undeath and, uh, and Waterdeep and things yep. like that. So it's, it's a pleasant it, and comforting environment for a geek. It, it, it feels welcoming. Which mm -hmm. is, like I said, the first couple of times I was really like, uh, I don't know. But it's just, they have a very welcoming atmosphere. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could talk about some of the politics of the higher ups, but all of the wizards employees that I've met have been stupendously fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be too critical because I, I've, I've interacted with, like the the rank and file folks I've interacted with from wizards and the, they're they've all been very nice, very wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some of the higher ups, I mean, we're in this hobby, we all know. So I don't want to dwell too much on that. I, I kind of was. Yeah. We could look at the positive stuff today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely, and. Even the higher ups, the negative stuff is well. Let's not go in there. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so we had a great time with then Fran, you had a great time on Saturday, right? Yes, we did actually. Um, we went. We we have uh, uh, an interesting blessing here in the Pacific Northwest because we have not just Wizards of the Coast who make Dungeons and Dragons. We have Paizo who make Pathfinder, and. Um, uh, and Green so, Ronin, and Green and, Ronin, yada, and a yada, bunch. Yada. Well, you know, in this area, but specifically right in and around us, we have Wizards in Renton and and Paizo up here, and Paizo holds an annual convention down in, ironically, Renton. So you know, we got to drive down 405 <laughs> twice in one weekend, oh, which my wife loved because the traffic <laughs> is so delicious. But um, uh, we, uh, yeah, we got to run, um, a Scardland session and amazingly we got a full boat. Our, let's, uh, our sessions filled up. Let's stop right here. Scardlands mm-hmm. is a Dungeons and Dragons, um, I was uh, about to do that, but oh, go ahead. Star, Scardlands, you just sounded like you were going to plow full ahead. I'm sorry. Scardlands yeah. is a Dungeons and Dragons setting from, um, Onyx Path currently, but it used to be Sword and Sorcery, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's the setting of Fran and her wife Sarah's book, which you should buy, called buy Vigilant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, this this game was specifically a tie-in to both the novel and to the setting uh, as a way to introduce people to both and try to, well, you know, pimp them, really, to, you know, let's be honest, but... Um, uh, so our main character works for an organization called the Vigils of Vesh, um, and they are this. Uh, Vesh is one of the few relatively um, safe and prosperous nations in Eastern Gelsbad, which is one of the main continents in the game. And uh, the Vigilants are part of how they stay that way. They're basically wildland fighters and spies and uh, very resourceful uh, soldiers, and. Um, our main character basically is out on the borders trying to defend the country. And the uh, session that we ran is uh, something that happens to all vigilant trainees, which is they go on um, a couple of training missions to basically shake them out and make sure that they can handle themselves okay in the field. And the tagline that we have in the uh, description for the game is, you know, a note to you, uh, these vid- these missions are almost always complete milk runs. I mean, who would send trainees to do anything really dangerous? Um, cue the ominous music. So, uh, so yeah, the uh, the uh, mission yesterday was um, was to protect an elven ambassador from far away. Uh, 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 wow, the name of the entire continent has slipped out of my mind. Termana. Termana. Thank you. Um, 
uh, who's uh, a forsaken elf, and they're kind of the they're kind of the snobby. We were Rome before it was cool, uh, folks. And he was convinced that an assassin was stalking him through the woods of Gelspad. So when they saw a bear, that would be a druid assassin. When they saw, yeah, for any listeners who play our future games, um, uh, I'm not going to spoil much, but I will spoil a little bit. Basically, the, uh, the uh, diplomat is kind of a jerk, and he's hired his own mercenaries. And so you're having to deal with these mercenaries who are trying to guard the diplomat and who really don't know anything about the wilds of Skarn, while also guarding the diplomat, um, while also maintaining proper decorum as vigilants are supposed to do. And uh, it gets challenging because the backwoods of Gelsbad, and even in, even in relatively civilized Besh, not always pleasant. Blood moths, for example, um, which are these giant... Uh, like Luna Moth-sized creatures that just land on you and drink your blood. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome Scarred to the Scarred Lands. lands. <laughs> One of the things I love about the Scarred Lands, um, there, there are two big things. One is moral complexity. Un, unlike a lot of other D&D, um, you end up in a situation where, yeah, different different good guys will work together with evil guys sometimes because there are worse guys out there. Um, so, uh, and, and the other thing that I love and we try to showcase in these adventures is that there are CR one quarter monsters on Skarn that will make a level 20 character go, get it off, get it um, and, and that's part of what I just love about the setting. And so we brought our, all of our dwarven forge terrain and got it set up and we actually had people coming in from other tables to lean in and be like wow what are let, you guys doing so let me tell you i didn't play in this but but last week i saw the sets that fran <laughs> made from the dwarven forge stuff they were incredible i mean incredible yeah We'll be, uh, we'll be running some more sessions, possibly with the same scenario, possibly with a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, stirred up at Dragonflight when that happens out here and at Geek Girl Con in the fall. So if we have any local listeners who want to sign up, by all means, go ahead. And um, if you're interested in Scarred Lands, I'll just give a plug. Um, there are two brand new uh, players' handbooks for Scarred Lands, one that... Um, converts it to 5th edition D&D and one that converts it to 1st edition Pathfinder. Yep. So those are available if you're interested in the Scarred Lands in general. Yeah, and and again, it's it's my favorite setting for D&D. It's just so rich with so much to explore. And really terrifying in some places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fran and I um, have been in a Scarred Lands game that her wife has run on and off since three, uh, D&D 3.0 was released, basically. Yeah. So, long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we've, we've talked a lot, so let's, let's, yeah. let's talk now. Yeah, let's let this go. <laughs> I guess the new stuff that I've seen, we didn't get a chance to play this Friday, which is unfortunate. They are dealing with the mechanical bits of a board queen, that may have forged or may have uh, combined with an alien AI. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's a problem. <laughs> mhm. But yeah. uh, something I saw that I am super excited for, like, 
Like, I want to drop this and go... I want to drop Star Trek and go run this. Is the new Aliens tabletop game. Is it out? It is available for pre-order. Okay, because I did go back and take a look at that... um... In our first episode, uh, Liz suggested Fran and I look at the um, online trailer for it on YouTube. It mm-hmm. is impressive. Oh no, I think we lost uh, Cassie. Yeah, Cassie's oh, hello? You're popping hello? in and out a little bit. Uh, yes. Okay. I don't know what was going on with that. But uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's available for pre-order. Uh, and if you pre-order it, you go. You immediately get um, their digital starter set, hmm. which is like the condensed version of the rules, a scenario. So you could even hop in like right now to play. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's from the same folks that make Tales from the Loop, or who 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 published it originally, not Modifius, but whatever that. Hmm. Are they huh, sure? So, um. I think so. They're European. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so okay. So this is a nice segue with me <laughs> uh, drooling over uh, xenomorphs. <laughs> I have some very weird thoughts about H.R. Geiger's original artwork. Uh, <laughs> I may have just uh, given away too much information. Um, but, uh, so, what I kind of wanted to, to spend a little bit of time talking about is I feel like everybody's got that game that, you know, you you really, you're in love with it, you want to play it, but either you can't convince your group or you're not sure exactly what kind of stories you're going to run with it. So I thought we could share which games are those for us. Wow. Um, well, I've already told Liz that there is a game that I would love to buy and run that I've just been hearing about called Little Fears that mm. just, I mean, you play kids and it's essentially a, a, a kid's supernatural horror game. Um, but it has rules like... Um, the monsters live in some place called Closet Land, um, mm-hmm. which has various outlets to the real world and things like that. I've just been reading some write-ups of some games, and it reminds me a lot of a um, campaign that we played when we were in college, which also yeah. involved kids, but much more in a um, less structured, more um, terrifying mm-hmm. way. But it just sounds like an amazing setting, and um, the books are expensive, and we never have time to play anything because all the gaming slots are taken for our groups. And, uh, yeah, so that's the first thing I can think of. Yeah, um, I want to shout out to Randy uh, – I always say his name. Milholland. Randy Milholland. Yeah, the creator of Something Positive. He's been live-tweeting about that. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah, it – his his latest post, uh, where he had to calculate damage for a car crash without seatbelts. I have oh, not geez. seen that. It's I read it as like it got, real, well, considering the source, it got real dark real fast. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, it, the 
the the great thing about Randy is he's such a sweet guy, and yet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's so nice. He's at Gen Con most years. So if you, if you, if you go see him, say hi because he's he yeah. is so friendly. He mm-hmm. is. I have. I used to come to Emerald City. I have a, um, a Choo Choo Bear Dalek sketch of his <laughs> that he, he did has, for me. He has, I have one saying, uh, "Tabletop games will give you rectal spiders." <laughs> And I think about that probably about once a day. <laughs> well, Liz, we, you need new hobbies. <laughs> Why do you think I started podcasting? Oh, there you go. <laughs> and if you haven't read Randy's Something Positive strip, uh, it's a webcomic. It's been going on for, God, like 15 years. Um, yeah. oh. it's an acquire, it can be an acquired taste if you're not into that, but it's a lot of fun. And it's not directly gaming related for most of it. So, I think I've been reading that since I was 15. Wow. Oh, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On my back, you kids get off my lawn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so um, Liz, what's your game, or is it just Alien? No, it is. It is not Alien because that one I could probably convince my group to do. I think for me, it's. I have always been fascinated by uh, the World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Reading reading the uh, World of Darkness books when I was like in early in college, and now it kind of helped me come to terms with a lot of queerness. Mm. Um, definitely watching. I, I definitely have some problems with their stuff now, but specifically Onyx Past. Um, I like Mummy. Oh, interesting. And hmm. I, I'm, I'm like one of five people that like that game. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're kind of an outlier. But I love that idea that I said of, of memory as a core mechanic, and it just, it just scratches an itch that I don't know exactly. I didn't know I had until I read that book. Um, and I also particularly love the fact that um, DC is one of their cities. Oh, Washington DC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because living living here in DC, it's funny. I think it's hilarious that you guys live in Washington State. I live in Washington DC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it all kind of clicks together. Yeah, and I lived in the Washington DC area for seven or eight years, middle school, high school. So mm-hmm. sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, I was in Columbia, so I wasn't actually in the city or in uh, direct suburban, but close. I guess technically I'm not either. I'm in. I, I'm near Manassas. All right, all right. Let's not give any more details while we're recording, though. That's fair, probably fair enough. Mm-hmm. Enough, <laughs> enough, um, enough geography. But yeah, you know, but the fact that DC is that setting, and it's all about memory and and. And and paying what these evil eldritch gods think they deserve, and like one of the goals your characters can have to be to break, break the gods' hold over you. Mm. Huh. There's just something that really, really spoke to me. Um, I have no idea what I would do if I got a mummy game going. I have no plot ideas in my head. I'm not sure how to even start, but 
I still think it's a great setting, and I sure love to try one day. Mm. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. that and the fact that, um, like, you're not. I don't know. I also like the fact that, like, uh, like there are like you know, like, you know how like, like vampires have clans, uh, werewolves mm-hmm. have tribes. Mm-hmm. Well, mummies have guilds. Huh. Like so. That makes sense. And that was just really cool to me. I, I really liked that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I backed that. That was one of the first Kickstarter. In fact, that might have been the first Kickstarter I backed. That's really cool. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, the... Um, I... oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk about the Onyx Path Kickstarters I've backed, but I'll do that after mm-hmm. you do your uh, thing. Because come <laughs> to think of it, that's another game. Yeah. Oh, I was I was just going to say um, uh, Onyx Path are the folks that, as we mentioned earlier, published Scarlands and actually uh, published our novel Sight Unseen after we wrote in on wrote in off the internet and just kind of said, "Oh, we wrote your novel and handed it to them," and they went, "This is actually good. Yes, we will publish this." So it was a yeah. little more complicated for you than that. It was a little more complicated, <laughs> but but again, this isn't about writing. This is about gaming. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Onyx Path, they've 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 had a bit of a tough road to hoe, road to hoe, but they've I think they've done a pretty a pretty good job of handling things lately. Yeah, their problem, generally speaking, isn't what they do; it's what yeah. people who are associated with them in some way do. Mm-hmm. But that's that's getting back into that whole yeah. Um, issue yeah. that that admittedly it is a queer issue and we can mm-hmm. talk about it but i don't know that's a whole episode in of itself yeah so what what's your game oh man it's tough i mean uh, i always want to run cyberpunk and i always have trouble finding people want to play um you know it, it may be that you know nobody wants to live in a miserable world where you're owned by corporations and people may just shoot you in the head and steal all your stuff but we do um, live in a miserable world where we're owned by corporations yeah. and people want to shoot us in the head and steal yeah, our stuff. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about that. Um, uh, I've, I'm always wanted to run spacey, science fiction-y, you know, zooming around in ships, exploring strange new worlds kind of games. And for whatever reason, my our, our group of friends isn't terribly interested in that most of the time. Um, the other thing that I really would love to get back to someday is um, uh, Lumpley Games came out a long time ago with a really fascinating game called Dogs in the Vineyard. Yeah, we started talking about this last week, mm, so, um, yeah. so let's go back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got, um, uh, as we mentioned last week, it's kind of an idealized Mormon take on the Wild West. And before that, before you let that dissuade you, it's that's not actually what it's about that's the mythology um and uh it's a really fascinating setting where you're kind of playing cowboy paladins who come into town when demons have infested a place and try to help the locals drive them out um and it's got some wonderful mechanics um, and some f- just fantastic GMing advice overall. That's where I got the wonderful phrase, roll dice or say yes. If your players are trying to do something, you have two choices. Either you roll dice or you say yes, that is what happens. That, that um, is one of the things that Vincent Baker, our friend who wrote that game, is mm-hmm. best known for, that specific yep. piece of advice. Mm-hmm. 
yeah and it's it's just it's loaded with great neat little mechanics like you know being able to trade off uh, uh, dice that you could otherwise roll to do things and the idea that you can actually voluntarily fail at a task and and use that to gain yourself power and capital for future attempts on stuff so that so that basically failure isn't you fail to do what you're doing, but just something interesting has now happened to you, and the circumstances have changed. Um, like I, I, I love the system enough that I kind of, uh, I've muttered about trying to run a game set in the Firefly universe using uh, that rule set because I, I actually think you could do it, but, um, but again. That that would be playing that game, which nobody wants to play, and also <laughs> a space game, which nobody wants to play. So, well, I, I mean, it's not again the problem that mm -hmm. is not mm -hmm. that nobody wants to play the games. It's that mm -hmm. we have all of these games that have been going on for ages on weekends, and it's like, oh, this Saturday is this person's game, mm -hmm. that Saturday is that person's game. Mm -hmm. It's finding the time. Yeah, when people actually have time to play because. We're older, and our friends have mm -hmm. kids, and yep. we're a little more spread out, and things yep. like that. And we got to get paid. Yeah. So. Oh God, yeah. Yep. But yeah. Um. So the nice thing about Dogs in the Vineyard is it's it sounds really complicated, mm -hmm. but it's actually not. It's one thin booklet, and that's it. You need the booklet. You need a pen, a pencil. Mm -hmm. You need paper, and you need some dice. Yeah. If that's if it. you're the kind of person that buys RPG books because you like looking at neat systems, this is at the top of my list of books to uh, pick up. Like it's above Feng Shui, and that used to be the top of my list. So. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, there's a whole genre of games now called quote indie games unquote um, mm -hmm. that Vincent um, and his wife uh, Meg Baker pioneered that um, have a lot more to do with collective storytelling than they do with simulated rules like uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Cyberpunk or this, that, the other thing. Yeah. And I think, um, I've only read a few of them, but I think Dogs in the Vineyard is one of the strongest uh, systems I've seen. Um, I mean, I'm waiting for Vincent's new one, uh, The King is Dead, which is a card role-playing game that uh, I kick-started a billion years ago and <laughs> supposed to be sent out any day now. So if you're listening, Vincent, I'm waiting. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So I'm just checking right now. Can I, I knew for the longest time Dogs in, in the Vineyard wasn't on drive-thru. I'm checking Indie Press. Mm -hmm. Well, think... you can go to Lumpley Games' um, website, which admittedly isn't the best. I, I'm sorry. Um, and you might be able to figure to get a link to buy it through there as well. I think that's the only place you can get it from anymore because I've just I've just checked Indie Press and it's not there either. Mm -hmm. And if I'm wrong, please someone correct me. Uh, send 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 us a, a twit tweet. A twit. Or, or the Facebooks. I'm no I'm the twit. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah so uh, I'm trying to think what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. Oh no go ahead. Take your time. It's okay. So I know I'm one of those people that likes to read RPG books, and I, I definitely fall for the, the ooh shiny, uh, as people can mention for the free advertising for the Alien game. 
which <laughs> could be terrible for all I know, but I'm still going to get it. Um, but uh, so I guess for you guys, it's a matter of time. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I would definitely play in a cyberpunk game. Hmm. Uh, so how how would we go about maybe kind of uh, again? I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Maybe stealth. Uh, that's a loaded word. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess how do you inject maybe a little bit of that flavor from the games we we've always wanted to play into what we're playing? Um, maybe whet your player's appetites a little bit. I'm sorry, I was just checking uh, the Dogs in the Vineyard, and it is, in fact, no longer available, unfortunately. Oh, that's a bummer. Which is a big bummer. Um, and again, Vincent, Meg, if you're listening, reprint yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know, drop a digital version on Drive Through RPG. Uh, yeah, sorry. Probably find it on Noble Night would be the best place, or like maybe eBay or Amazon. But mm. Noble Night's always fairly priced. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just so I, I totally tuned out your your question. I'm very sorry. Mm. I was saying how um, I guess, how do we interject um, kind of that flavor, that vibe, that something that we're we're jonesing for in the games we've always wanted to play into the game maybe we're playing now or a different game to kind of whet your player's appetite or, or kind of get them into the shallow end a little bit? That's a neat question. Mm. Um, See, I think, pro- I think the problem right with us right now is all they seem to want to play is D&D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in so many D&D games right now <laughs> of I all different editions, which is very confusing. I don't think that's actually a... a I, I think that's actually the easiest solution. Cause I, I really think D and D is so versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like I could very easily see like so, um, Fran, for you, um, interjecting some like weird science fantasy stuff. Um, what's that old scenario uh, with the spaceship? Is it Spelljammer? Spelljammer. Well, no, because there's an old first edition um, scenario. Oh, crashed. oh Is God! That oh, the barrier. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm I sure someone it. will pop that up. I've played it and I can't remember. But we all know what we're talking about. So, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. D&D, definitely you could. Well, you spell jammer like uh, Cassie, like you mentioned. We could. You could very easily kind of take those themes. Um. And maybe just like a, a, a hint of that, like a, almost like a like you're zesting something. Yeah, you know, just kind of put a little bit on top, and yeah, I mean, uh, go from there. That's certainly possible. I mean, neither friend nor I are currently running games, um, mm. but I, I mean, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess <clears throat> I for some of the stuff, it's it's kind of difficult. I mean. Um, dogs, I like the mechanics. I, it's, I, I hadn't actually thought about the idea of can we take the games that nobody's playing that we would really, really love to do and inject elements. There probably are things from dogs that, that mechanics that I could at least lift and interject as homebrew rules. 
I think um, it, at the very least, the GMing advice from dogs is from oh, yeah. that tone. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Or like like what you said, you're you're a uh, paladin riding on horseback. I actually don't see any mm-hmm. reason why you couldn't make a paladin kind of styled after a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I mean it makes perfect sense. They're agents of their church, so. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, some of my favorite settings are my favorite settings partially because of their GMing advice. Um, uh, Mike Pondsmith wrote a fantastic book for Cyberpunk called Listen Up, You Primitive Screwheads that's just loaded with great advice on how to make your players, you know, completely paranoid and uh, and twitchy and uncomfortable and and mad as hell and out to burn the whole fucking thing down, which is, you know, so that's the attitude. Basically LGBT plus people right now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty well, much. I, and and um and I I should say Mike Pondsmith is very explicitly um positive on LGBTQ people and has said if you're not doing gender fuckery in your cyberpunk you really are not getting the hint. He had um back in uh in the Cyberpunk 2020 days there was an out transgender character who led uh, one of the more famous solo bars. And in the 2030 setting, there's actually a transgender Night City gang of, uh, of uh, women and men who've gotten together to protect one another from all the other shit that's out there. And if you mess with one of their folks, they will fuck your shit up. So, so yeah. So the, the 2030 setting, huh? Mm-hmm. The 2030 <laughs> setting. Yeah. I might, I just, I might just have to to go pick up that book, uh, <laughs> the science operation book. Uh-huh. Uh, is it's going on the back burner? We're gonna yeah. we're gonna get with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Mike is just great, but um, but yeah, I mean, of course, you can introduce elements if you're running the game. If you're playing, it's a little harder. Uh, yeah. Well, and I and I feel like that's kind of where you, we all, I, I feel like we tend to forget that our role playing is kind of a, it's a cooperative medium, and mm-hmm. like I feel like there's no harm in asking. Well, maybe, I don't know. I've actually had some bad game masters, but if you're you know if your game master is nice and chill, you and, and hopefully they're your friend. Be like, mm-hmm. hey. I really like this game. I kind of want to do something like that in this. Can we make that work? And and I feel like a good game master is going to wants to include you, wants to help you, you know, make sure you have fun. And mm-hmm. it's for me, it'd be a challenge. It's like, yeah, you want to be a cowboy hat wearing uh, paladin? Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. Let's figure something yeah. out. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good advice. Um, and if your if your group sucks, yeah, get uh, a new group. Come play with us. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I'm serious. I will run. <laughs> shoot me, shoot me a DM. I will run something. <laughs> uh, we'll give we'll give the DM information at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And I guess as far as I'm trying to think about little, little fears, and because you just said you all are playing D&D. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's it'd be possible, but it would basically well, it doesn't really. Hmm. I mean, I haven't read the book. I've only read about it. So um, I'm not entirely sure how one could. Um, I mean, one of the mechanics of it is um, as you grow older, uh, things change because, of course, adults don't see any of these things. It's only the kids do. So mm-hmm. as you grow older, it's something like um, you can do more things, but you have less power. So it's sort of mm-hmm. the opposite of the D&D experience mm-hmm. uh, level. I kind of, I kind of have a thought about that. Um, so, and again, I credit to Randy Milholland for getting me thinking about this. He did a post about just this thing, doing little fears in like a medieval fantasy setting. Mm. Um, so, why am I missing all of his tweets? <laughs> I just happen to be, I just happened to be scrolling through it at breakfast this morning. I think because he's on, he's on closer to my time. Mm, that could be. But um, oh god, his pictures of his of his daughter are so cute. Oh god, yeah. But um, I'm sorry, I digress. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, what if you're you know you're a group of PCs, you know you've just like I don't know you've killed a dragon, you've done whatever, you've saved the, finished whatever quest you've been on. Well, you know that that little kitchen girl you befriended. Suddenly, she comes up to you and says, "Hey, you know, you did this thing. That's great. The real problem is the thing that's coming out of my closet." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I and I feel like you could. I I feel like you could maybe you couldn't do like a straight translation of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely take some inspiration for some some kind of cool adventures. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I mean, just think about the possibilities of uh, setting up a D&D campaign where everybody's playing kids, and so the threats are scaled around kids, you know? There are goblins out in, in back of the village, and some of them really want to eat little kids, and most of them are just like, maybe we can just get along with them. They're our size. They don't seem to cause the same trouble that adults do. You always want to reform goblins. Yeah, I do. I like <laughs> goblins, man. I ran an entire campaign around the idea that the world didn't know what goblins were, and they emerged on the surface strong, powerful, and proud. Yeah, that might have been an analogy for something. I don't, I don't know. It could be. Yeah, I, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> so I, I kind of think maybe kind of some, some final thoughts here. Okay. There's mm. a game you like, and you really want to play it, but you can't get your, your group to... Maybe all's not lost. I, I I think maybe sometimes you need to maybe either A, find a new group, or C, maybe advocate for yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I've got this idea. I'd really like to try it. Can we give it a go? Maybe as a one-shot. Maybe it's inter- uh, injecting something into your, your current game. Um, like, I know for me... The holodeck and alien races are a godsend. If I don't, <laughs> if I don't feel up to running something super Star Trekky, I can always be like, "Hey, guess what? 
we're going to do something on the holodeck and it goes wrong. There you go. But (laughs) I think, I think, I think looking for tools and looking for ways to kind of stretch that creative muscle can go a long way. If, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so I think uh, what to do? Let's do some shout outs. So let's try um, anything that we're we're uh, we're feeling good about that we're kind of jonesing on right now. Well, I just uh, backed a new Kickstarter, um, Pirates of Pugmire. If oh. uh, if you're not yes, if you're not fam- Pugmire is another game that I would love to run. If you're not familiar hmm. with Pugmire, it's kind of but not really D and D with. Um, um, and, and cats. There's also their second game, the Monarchies of Mal. Um, humans have, are long gone. No one knows what happened. No one knows what they are. And the um, the dogs, after a long time, banded together in a bunch of cities. The chief of which is Pugmire. Think of it as the dog Greyhawk. And um, it's things like they uh, they go out to search for um, quest for. Um, relics of the old ones, the humans, their currency is plastic, hmm. you know, so you find like, you find like an old machine. It's like, Oh my God, look at all this plastic. Um, and then the monarchies of Mao, it's the cats are of course completely different, <laughs> but they're used, there was a war <laughs> and now there's like an uneasy piece, but for a pirates of Pugmire, it's basically taking dogs and cats uh, on the sea. And having sea voyages and pirate voyages, and it introduces two new races, lizards and birds. So you could play a pirate parrot. Uh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that Kickstarter is running right now. It's from Onyx Path. Um, I'm pretty psyched about that. And I'm also psyched that uh, I've been mainlining the 2019 episodes of DuckTales, and oh my god, is that a fantastic series. (laughs) Fran, what do you have? Um, wow, yeah, I've been I've been neck deep in figuring out Scarland stuff, so we've kind of fallen behind on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to Cloak and Dagger, um, which is a, a DC TV series um, airing now it's on. It's a Marvel. Uh, t- it's a Marvel. A Marvel. TV Thank series. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I and, loved them uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> yep, yeah, and uh, it's it's really beautiful and credible, and the characters are are complicated, and the situations are complicated, and the special effects are are nifty but not overly obtrusive, and the bad guys are just icky, bad, evil, interesting bad guys. So. Um, so it's it's easily up there with any of the Netflix series at their best, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I am really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Where where can you watch that? Because I'm oh, it's on uh, it's on Freeform, which is uh, one of the one of the higher cable channels. It, it used it used to be ABC Family, which I found out after mm. the first season ended. And I kept seeing ads that said Freeform. It's like, what the mm-hmm. heck is that? It's also on Hulu, which I don't have. <laughs> so I haven't been able to see any yeah. of it. <laughs> okay, if it's on Hulu, I can watch it because I don't yeah. have to go on cable. We just 
we just don't watch enough. Mm. Or well, like, or we'd rather like, well, we'd rather binge something. Mm-hmm. Um, I used, I used to love Cloak and Dagger comics when I was a kid. I used to want to be Dagger, uh, although I didn't, I didn't say that at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so good. I wanted to be Dazzler. Oh, Dazzler is awesome. Yeah, Disco Dazzler or yeah. Punk Dazzler. Oh, Punk Dazzler. Uh-uh. I was in a ska band in college, so I feel oh. like I have to say no that. Oh, shit. Oh, that's awesome. Damn. You weren't good, yeah. trust me. Uh, dude, I, I found a Let's Go Bowling uh, tape on somebody's dorm room floor when I was cleaning college rooms as a janitor one summer. 1992? 1992, yep. And uh, it's been uh, downhill going ippy, ippy, ippy ever since. So. <laughs> And I got kissed once by uh, Buster Blood Vessels. Ah, nice. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, we can talk about comics and ska all the time. Uh, But Liz, (laughs) that's somebody else's podcast. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think okay. Well, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a shout out to a ska band I like. Woohoo! The OC Ska Boys. Hmm. Uh, I heard them on a YouTuber's show, and I tracked them down. And uh, it was it was good. I like them. Cool. Uh, go check them out. OC Ska Kids. OC Ska Kids. That's what I meant. Okay. I'm sorry. Cool. Uh, and then I think I don't know if I've talked about this. I feel like I have, but I don't think I've talked about it with you guys. Is um, Gentleman Jack? You've mentioned oh, it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna give a shout out for the last episode because holy crap. Uh, I almost decided this was a Gentleman Jack cast. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, I'm, I wouldn't do that. I'm sorry. Okay. That was not a unilateral decision. Oh, that's okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's so good. Uh, since I've talked about that one, what else? What else have we been doing? Uh, you know, I'm just going to do a, a hand. <laughs> I don't know. How, I guess we'll do a Star Wars or Star Trek. Go go take a look at that. It's a fun system. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know I talk about doing other stuff, but I really am enjoying Star Trek. Um, I I, I kind of want to do an episode talking about Star Trek, like sure games, cultural stuff. The fact that I'm sure all three of us have a crush on Dax. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Well, she's not, little... she's not my first go-to. It's a little more complicated for me for per- for other reasons, but. <laughs> Maybe Kira? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Short hair, angry, throws people into walls when she's mad. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kira's... Uh... Yeah. Um, all right, well, I think that's been a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. Any any, uh, any last thoughts for you? For you? Um... Well, first of all, um, by by Fran's book, it's vigilant. It's vigilant by Francis Stewart and Sarah Stewart, and it's available uh, on Amazon.com as an ebook and on Drive Through Books Drive as through fiction. Drive Through yeah. Fiction as an ebook or a print-on-demand book. I want. Mm-hmm. I always want to make sure we get that in. Um, and it's even available on the Nook. Oh well, that's it, no, it's, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a nook. I haven't charged it for a long time, but it's been a long time since I charged my Kindle. Um, 
And um, so I guess I'm Cassie. I'm at Tip Transformed on Twitter. And I'm Fran Stewart, and I am at Ronalyn Valor on Twitter. Uh, I'm Liz, and I'm little underscore Lizzie 22 uh, at, on Twitter. And we are on Facebook at top, Tabletop Transmissions, and we are on Twitter at... Uh, we are on, I should have had it ready. Uh, <laughs> We're professionals. Transmissions. Uh, you want me to spell that? Yeah, it's because um, I spelled it kind of a weird way. It is uh, at T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-T-I-O-N-S. We would really love your feedback. Yep. Yes, please. Ideas for episodes, things you think about what we're saying. It would be awesome. Oh, check out our Facebook group, too. Yeah, I, I said. At, oh, you said at, that one. Okay. Tabletop Transmissions on Facebook. Yep. Okay. Well, it's been fun. Uh, we hope you have a good day, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.